with space. And there goes Tyree McCants. Inside the five and in. What a touchdown. And he can pick him up and put him down as he drags the UCF defender into the end zone. Timmy McClain, the talented freshman. A year ago, he was leading Seminole High School to a state championship. Tonight, he gets the nod. Starting quarterback for the Bulls. McClain stepping up, firing over the middle. It's caught for the touchdown. Let's run it. Welcome back to another edition of the Fletcher and Fowler podcast here on this Monday. I know it's been uh, about a month since we dropped the last one, I think. Something of that nature. Yeah, about a month. But uh, but yeah, so welcome back to another edition of the of the podcast. I'm your host, Will Turner. Uh, we are here uh, on a little bit of an emergency basis as USF has officially hired uh, Bob Shoup as their defensive coordinator. Uh, we've got a lot of talk about on this podcast, considering that we didn't even go over the whole Glenn Spencer ending. Um, so we'll talk about that in this podcast. We'll talk about Shoop and, and where to go from that. Uh, we'll be just me uh, today. Uh, we we, we got to get the podcast back on a regular <laughs> on a regular uh, uh, schedule. We're going to do that, hopefully. So just keep uh, keep your eyes out for that. And make sure uh, you have all your notification bells. And, and this isn't YouTube, so I don't know. I'm talking about that, but you know. However, you listen to podcasts, we're likely on it. Uh, we're on all four of the major podcast distributors between Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. It's been a while, so it took me a second to try and remember where we're on. But yeah, we're on the four major podcast platforms. So if you uh, do want to listen over there. Uh, instead of in the megaphone.fm in your browser, you can feel free to do that. Make sure to subscribe on all of those platforms so that way you never miss another episode. If you are feeling a little bit more generous and uh, would like uh, to, to continue to uh, support this podcast in any way that you can, uh, any feedback, uh, ratings, reviews, anything of that nature would be greatly appreciated on whatever podcast uh, distributor that you listen to. So, again... Uh, you know, Bob Shoup is the now defensive coordinator for USF. Uh, the university just announced it within the last uh, 15 minutes as I'm recording this podcast right here. Um, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, you know, pretty much this kind of happened really quickly. Uh, if you are on my message board, if you are on my... Um, if you are over on Bulls247.com, which if you aren't, I highly suggest you get on over there because we had this last night. So just be aware of that. Uh, we did report on this last night. We found out the four defensive coordinator candidates uh, that were being considered for the position. Uh, effectively, the four finalists, I guess, is the word that you can interchange with that. Um, so we, we found those out last night, but first let's talk about how we got here because, you know, as I mentioned, we didn't go over the Glenn Spencer firing, um, very interesting kind of way that it all went down. I was uh, in line for beignets in new Orleans at, at Cafe du Monde and, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so Glenn Spencer ended up getting fired, uh, 
on the Sunday following the Tulane game after USF uh, really, really, really had a bad performance up at Yulman Stadium in New Orleans. Uh, USF allowed a, a team that had struggled to get to 300 yards of offense in each of their last uh, few games to uh, have 398 in the first half or 396 or something of that nature, close to 400 yards regardless. Uh, Tulane, I think, finished over 500 yards, which was, you know, kind of seemed to par for the course uh, with what USF has has been had had done as they wrapped up their season uh, two weekends ago, or excuse me, a, a weekend ago um at UCF falling 17 to 13 to the Knights there so yeah so USF uh fell to Tulane in New Orleans and that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back from from everything that I've been told a team that you know like I said had lost uh you know seven or eight games in a a row was two and nine had been you know the reports of, of of players going out partying the night before and being out late so this was a team that USF probably should have beat but instead they 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 ended up Uh, falling flat allowing 28 first quarter points and again almost 500 yards of offense um, or almost 400 yards of offense in the first half so um, yeah so that's how that all went down Glenn Spencer was was relieved of his duties after 20 games um, and it was reported by Nathan Bond of the Daily Stampede and eventually uh, came to fruition that linebackers coach Ernie Sims and special teams coordinator Daniel DePrado would be the two guys sharing play calling duties uh, at UCF in the final week of the season. Obviously, that game uh, was not the offensive shootout that it was in 2020, as in 2021, uh, UCF gets 120 yards in their opening quarter, uh, and they take a lead in that one. Um, but eventually, USF's defense locks down. They get Mikey Keene uh, very, very uh, just rushed and out of the pocket a lot. There was a lot of throwaways in that game. I think seven total quarterback hurries uh, in that game. Defensive line got probably their best push of the season. Guys like Kevin Kegler and Kelvin Pinckney and, and Tramel Logan all had uh, fantastic games. Guys that we you know kind of knew could have big games that had their best game of the season against UCF with the way that they were penetrating that offensive line. Um, and, and, and I think the biggest thing that you saw in that game is whether USF was in a three-man front or a four-man front, um, there was always a pass-rushing linebacker near the line of scrimmage. Usually you saw Damaris Bellamy in that, in that role. Uh, Damaris Bellamy was kind of the one that, that was doing it most of the night, but you saw Dwayne Boyles do it. You saw Antonio Greer here and there. You saw an extra man be sent from the second level, which is something that we hadn't seen USF done uh, in 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 recent weeks up to that so with the admirable uh, effort at UCF um, in the season finale uh, originally it was it was assumed that Jeff Scott would not look internal uh, based on what he said on the record uh, I believe there was a radio show hit or something of that nature that said he was going to be looking outside the program but with the admirable effort on that Friday night in Orlando linebackers coach Ernie Sims uh, ended up really 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 uh inserting his name into the um the the competition for for that spot was considered as one of the four finalists had been talked to about the position per per a couple of sources uh, the other candidates uh obviously uh we'll get to the final one which was one that was hired but uh we talked quite a bit on the message board he was one of the first first uh individuals that we spoke of um, and that was Indianapolis Colts cornerbacks coach James Rowe, who's a USF alumni. Um, 
Source called him a defensive genius. A lot of folks liked uh, what he brought to the table and just who uh, you know, just who he was and, and the fact that he was an alumni. Um, there were there were kind of rumors that uh, a pay cut. You know, he wouldn't want to take a pay cut, but uh, going from the NFL to Group of Five level, I was told. Um, I was told that wasn't true, especially considering the fact that, you know, he's already taken that pay cut from the Washington football team when he was with them for three seasons and ultimately, um, ended up with Appalachian state as their defensive coordinator. So, uh, Roe was considered, uh, quite a bit, um, was interested in the position. There was mutual interest there. Um, so, so yeah, so that's what we had heard about, about James Rowe. Um, and then Danny Verpale, the defensive co- uh, defensive coordinator at Kennesaw State, who just wrapped up another successful season with the Owls. He's been successful just like James Rowe had been at pretty much every stop he'd been at between uh, for Verpale, Valdosta State, and Kennesaw State. Uh, one of the best defenses in the FCS. Uh, just finished up, like I said, a, a, a great season um, in Kennesaw. Lost uh, kind of on a, I think it was like a last second or uh two last-second scores within the last minute and a half by East Tennessee State, um, something of, of that nature. Uh, but Verpale was, was, it was again, interested. Again, you know, there, there were rumors that um, there were rumors that um, he wasn't interested in the position or was hesitant to take the, the, the position uh, because of uh, Jeff Scott's, uh, any uncertain future surrounding Jeff Scott. Like I just saw that again on Twitter within the last five minutes, if that. Um, so I guess that was that that was a thought, um, and it's still a thought. So um, again, um, Verpale was interested in the job, and there again mutual interest. But again, um, Jeff Scott is not going to get fired. And I'm going to tell you that right now. Jeff Scott is not getting fired in year three. And honestly, unless they go like 0-12, 1-9, or 1-11, and, 2-10, and 10, unless there's not significant progress in year three, which all indications say that there will be with the amount of transfers they brought in, Jeff Scott is not going to get fired. So so to all those folks out there that, that are saying he's going to get fired, that there's an uncertain future around him, Please stop saying it because it's not going to happen. I've talked to plenty of sources within the administration, within the team. Jeff Scott is on secure ground. He was on secure ground. Um, multiple sources told told Bulls 24-7 that he felt he was in a secure position um, to make the hire, to make a good hire. And um, yeah, and Jeff, Jeff Scott's not going to get fired. So 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 at least this offseason, um, again, they have a season like 19 or like 20 and 21, you know, where they don't make significant strides. Then we maybe could start talking about it. But all this hot seat noise right now, as of December 6, 2021, is incorrect and it's false. So stop it. <laughs> um, just figure we put that to bed right now. Um, he made the move to get rid of Glenn Spencer. That's progress. Uh, we talked about pretty much all, all the last month of the season. You know, something had to change whether that was getting rid of, uh, of Spencer, whether that was um, any other defensive staff changes, whether that was any scheme changes, all of that, like something had to change, and it did. So that's progress. Jeff understood it, made a change when it needed to be made, and USF is, is likely going to be better for it. 
Um, so let's talk a little bit about Bob Shoup and who he is. And um, he was a, as far as I know, he was a he was a hot commodity. Um, recently, uh, his la- latest job was the defensive analyst uh, at Miami um, under Manny Diaz. A lot of uh, folks have asked me kind of about. Um, a lot of folks have asked me about uh, about why he was a defensive analyst under Manny. Um, I was told that was a Manny Diaz decision. Um, that or, or, or that's at least kind of the inclination that I got was that it was a Manny Diaz decision. Um, so you know, uh, uh, since Manny called the defensive plays in Miami, Shoop kind of wanted that play calling role or something of the, that nature, and ultimately didn't get it. I, it wasn't too clear. But, um, but again, you know, he's a defensive analyst at Miami, uh, spent some time at Michigan under Jim Harbaugh in 2020 as a safeties coach, then moved into an off-field role kind of towards the end of that tenure. Some um, unclear things happened towards the end of that tenure, so I can't really speak on any of that because I don't know um, what happened over there in Ann Arbor. But you take a look at some of his other stops um, you know, started his career as a graduate assistant at Yale, then moved to Virginia, bounced around, spent three seasons at Northeastern, uh, spent th- four seasons at, at, at Yale as their defensive coordinator, excuse me, three seasons at Yale at their def- as their defensive coordinator, spent a year at Villanova, a year at Army, four seasons at Boston College, um, mainly spending time as a defensive backs coach if he wasn't the D.C., uh, spent three years as a head coach at Columbia U- University, uh, and, and then uh, ended up that UMass for a year, and then that's kind of when his career really started to take off um, when he did take over as the defensive coordinator at William & Mary. Um, he was one of the best FCS defensive coordinators um, for the uh, in the country for the Tribe and led them to a number two ranking, um, uh, number two defensive ranking at one point uh, in 2009. So that was kind of where he got started. And then uh, joined on with James Franklin at Vanderbilt, and if you aren't familiar with with James Franklin's ascent to the Penn State job, um, Franklin had turned around a Vanderbilt team that you know, as a lot of folks know, hasn't had a whole lot of success within the last two decades. Um, but they, but the Commodores did have some good success with James Franklin and uh, Bob Shoup um, as the defensive coordinator. Uh, from there, he he took over, uh, joined on with Franklin at Penn State. Uh, for two seasons, had a, a, a spectacular year in 2014, was uh, the 24-7 Sports Defensive Coordinator of the Year, uh, was very high ranked, if not at the top in sacks and uh, TFL, uh, TFL numbers um, when he was there, um, you know, so so he uh, he got a chance to, to, to really be a part of something special uh, when James Franklin took over at Penn State, which he did, so um, from there, spent some time at, at Tennessee with uh, which, with Butch Jones. Uh, ended up uh, kind of being a part of that fallout after Tennessee uh, decided to go with Jeremy Pruitt, um, and then spent two seasons uh, under Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State. And uh, at Mississippi State, had one of the best defenses in 2018. Uh, led the country. I think it was like the only team in the country's defensively to have um, to be in the top ten um, in four major uh, the four major defensive uh, categories. So he he he's his his resume checks out. Um, you know, 2018 he was a Broyles Award finalist, which is kind of where that relationship with Jeff Scott um, began and kind of ensued because of 
you know, that same year in 2018, Jeff Scott was up for that Broyles Award as a finalist um, when he was co-offensive coordinator at Clemson. Um, so, so that's where that relationship kind of got started. And, um, you know, sooner rather than later, uh, Bob Shoup is going to be working with, with, with Jeff Scott, um, in Tampa. So, um, my initial thoughts at a hire, uh, you know, I really look at it and I, and, and I kind of was, was leaning towards, um, Roe or Verpale, um, just because of, of, um, you know, Shoup's. Uh, Shoop was a hot commodity, like I said. Uh, sounded like SMU. Rhett Lashley had wanted him. Virginia Tech was on him. Um, he was a name that popped in uh, potentially at Clemson. Uh, now that Brenton Fenimals has taken the job at Oklahoma, uh, had had kind of popped in those circles a little bit. So uh, he had been he had been courted a little bit, like I said, by some other programs um, and some other you know, power five programs, like I said, between Virginia tech and, uh, like I said, was in the Clemson circles as well. So, um, I, I, I'm a little, I, I tell you, I'm surprised. I, I, I tell you, I'm surprised because I'm surprised at the, um, I'm surprised at the, at the quickness that this was all done. Uh, a source told me, a source told me that, uh, USF wanted to have the job fin- uh, wrapped up, and they wanted to have a, a higher end by the end of this week. Obviously, er- early signing day is nine days away, so you want to have somebody in 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 uh, you know for any recruits that are still uh, on the bench about where they want to go, whether it be transfer or high school. Some of those guys were 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 waiting to see who was going to be the defensive coordinator. So uh, it is it is definitely. Um, a good thing for USF to kind of have this wrapped up before early signing day. There's already been a ton of momentum um, across the board, uh, and I'm you know kind of doing this doing this podcast on the fly. So I just found uh, an article from uh, from the 24/7 Sports Miami site done in uh, January. Um, you know he's he's uh, he's going to be one of those those guys that that wants to. Um, be aggressive consistently, um, and, and and that's why his defenses were at the top of the leaderboards. Not just in terms of obviously they were good holistically and good in total defense, but um, one of the best in terms of sacks and TFLs. Like I said, in in getting to the quarterback and and really creating havoc. So um, one of, one of the the quotes I'm looking at right now, and I'll go ahead and post this article to. Uh, the, the Bulls 24-7 board, if you want to take a look at that. Um, Shoup said, uh, quote, I believe in a defense that's in your face, a defense that is built on relentless pursuit and never-ending pressure. The things that are important to me are having the ability to stop the run, having the ability to eliminate chunk plays, and having the ability to create takeaways or be disruptive with tackles uh, for loss and sacks. We want to hunt the ball with everything we're doing. That is the mindset that I want for my guys. Then went on to say, my base is more out of a four-down lineman look, but with a lot of three or four receivers on the field these days, teams are playing a lot more nickel concepts. That doesn't mean I'm against going to a three-four look at times and doing things different with unique athletes. So what are the things that USF had issues with in 2021, right? Chunk plays in the first part of the season. Um, so, so that's covered here. Uh, let's see. The other big thing, stopping the run, was a problem at times, um, especially you know on those on those longer plays. I I, I can't 
uh, tackling and, and, and things like that were runs that, that could have been stopped for, for three or four or, or, or bouncing for, for 10 to 12. So that's covered by, by what Shoop's philosophies are. And uh, being disruptive with tackles for loss in, in sacks. And we saw a distinct shift in the second half of the season as USF kind of trans- transitioned from maybe playing a little bit more aggressively to, to create havoc. Um, and we saw them uh, trying to eliminate those chunk plays. So how'd they do that? They played prevent defense, and they only rushed three, and they dropped back eight, which is kind of what we talked about you know, for a while with that defense, is, is the players were not being put in a, in a, in a position to succeed. Um, they're not being put in a position to rush the quarterback. And with a defensive line that had uh, some, some struggles with uh, personnel and, and, and a secondary that was depleted with injuries, um, it just got to a point to where USF was, was, was trying to play too safe but, you know, they were still giving up points. They were still giving up yards as a result. So um, that's one of those things, in my opinion, with, with Shoop that, you know, he wants to be disruptive with, with TFLs and sacks, which is going to be an important piece of, of this all um, because it, that's something that USF hasn't really done recently. And, and, and again, like I said, we saw a distinct, a distinct uh, transition for sure. Uh, towards the second half of the year. So um, once we take a look at, um, you know, what, once we uh, kind of see what, what will uh, be retained with the assistance, uh, we'll know more about that. We'll see if, if Bob Shoup either, you know, brings anybody on. Obviously, there's always the case that assistants might take a different position. Um, we saw it last year with the West Neighbors going to Louisiana Lafayette. We saw it uh, with some with Jules Montnard taking the Florida cornerback's uh, job so uh, we, we we've seen that before with the staff so we'll have to see and it happens everywhere so we'll have to see if the staff uh, sticks together um, obviously uh, it, it, you know there's kind of been some some chatter in the Florida State circles about Ernie Sims um, in regards to a, a vacant uh, Florida State linebacking coach position so uh, it sounds like Randy Shannon could be the guy over there in in Tallahassee but again Ernie Sims is there. There's been some chatter from from fans on Twitter, and you know nothing more than that. There's nothing solid, so don't take it too much to heart. And then, of course, uh, you know you've got the question of of what position uh, Shoop will coach if he will just be a, a defensive coordinator, um, which you know you don't see a whole lot anymore. You usually, see the defensive coordinator and a position, um, and then we'll kind of see see how it goes from there. And you know maybe there's folks that that Shoop wants to bring in. Um, from, you know, maybe his, his Mississippi State or Miami or, or um, any other days. Obviously, the Miami assistants are kind of being in flux right now as well, now that Mario Cristobal is taking the job uh, down at Coral Gables. So you could see you could see some of that. Um, you could also th- see the staff stay together. I still think there's a lot of potential on this coaching staff, especially between um, Daquan Bowers and Ernie Sims. I feel like those are two, co- two uh, coaches that are, you know, bright, uh, that have bright futures in this industry and would be kind of it would kind of be rough to, to see them see them leave um, so it'll just kind of depend on um, on uh, on that and and see what uh, Shoop is going to want so uh, but yeah so that's that's what we got here uh, keeping it kind of a short podcast we'll we'll have some uh, we'll have some more uh, later on on bulls247.com maybe not uh, either tonight or tomorrow um, just kind of what it means We'll see if we get some reaction from recruits and stuff like that as USF just wrapped up a huge official biz, uh, visit weekend. 
that saw uh, three commits on Sunday alone in the form of uh, Maris Brown from Kansas State, uh, Daryl Bailey Jr. from Virginia Tech, and Mike Lofton from UCF. So there is plenty uh, and plenty of things to discuss. We'll do it all over at Bulls247.com. Uh, if you are not already uh, signed up and, and, and you have a you don't have a VIP subscription, I would totally get that because we've been on the defensive coordinator uh, search since since day one. Uh, you know we had you know we, we, we had a, a long list of official visitors that you know still wasn't complete. There were still some names that survived uh, that uh, surprised us, but you know we, 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 we've got some stuff going on over there. so, Make sure you you take a, a, a look at the deals over there at Bulls247.com. You can always get your first month for $1, and uh, we always have our 30% off annual deal going currently. So just keep that in mind as you uh, you know go towards the holiday season. You want to buy it for a gift to somebody, you can always feel free to do that. Uh, but yeah, so just keep that in mind. We will be uh, back, uh, hopefully, with a podcast here soon because there's a lot of other things to talk about. Hopefully, try and get one up before National Signing Day because, like I said, there is a lot to talk about between recruiting, uh, between basketball. There's quite a bit to talk about. So, we'll get into that soon down the line. Um, but for now, again, this was the Fletcher and Fowler podcast. If this was your first time listening, we appreciate you hopping on for this emergency podcast as USF is hired uh, Bob Shoup is their defensive coordinator, and uh, and yeah, we'll, we should be back soon. And uh, appreciate everybody tuning in, and uh, catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening.